When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Got to take it. Legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. Uh, We are your hosts, Jeff Goodman and Bob Ryan. And, uh, Bob, uh, first of all, uh, happy uh, NCAA postseason because all the, the smaller conferences have begun, which it's like the best time of the year right now, you know, in terms of every night uh, you're getting postseason basketball, the end of the big boys, they finish up Sunday, uh, but you've got all these different leagues that are going to be playing for, uh, you know, the one-bid leagues. They're, they're the best because it all comes down to one day and winner goes to the NCAA tournament and loser goes home. And I don't know if it's fair because I'd rather reward a, a, a team for three months of work than three days. But I talked to Dan Gabbitt, who runs the NCAA pretty much right now, basketball, and, and he said that is not changing. They haven't talked about it uh, and giving an NCAA tournament berth to the regular season winner instead of the tournament winner. Well, I go back to, of course, when there were just two tournaments uh, the, the most famous being the ACC, but they also the Southern Conference had a tournament as well. But the ACC tournament was a – those days will never return, uh, you know, the, the, the drama of that. Of course, the most famous example being uh, North Carolina State 103, Maryland 100 back in 1973. And, and Maryland can't go anywhere except to the NIT after losing what was then claimed – you know, proclaimed as the greatest college game ever played, and uh, etc. But and we all know how it's all evolved. And conference tournaments, people know, are money grabs, and 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 these and the big boys. And you know, and and we've lost all logic. The Big Ten should not be playing a a, a conference tournament in New York City. I'm sorry, but that's another <laughs> topic for another day. It's a one time deal. One time deal. That's another. It's a second time deal, isn't it? Anyway, that's another topic for another day. I understand that, but you're right. That's the reality. The reality is that that that's that's the world that we live in now. They're not going to go back to it. There was an incredible drama attached to it for these uh, 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 non-power conferences, the one bid conferences, or 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 there's, there's the second tier where there are some two bids, of course, or multiple. Bids. Uh, at like Yay 10, Missouri Valley, etc. You, I know, uh, are, are looking for uh, the, the Southern Conference to get uh, that opportunity yeah. because of East Tennessee State and, and Furman and, uh, this year, right? Correct? Yeah, yeah. I think they, that's kind of the one league right now 
uh, you know, mid-major team that's probably in the NCAA tournament is East Tennessee State, which kind of stinks because, you know, that's the beauty of, of the NCAA tournament really is to get some more of those mid-major at-larges, especially in a season where, let's face it, there's, oh. there's not a lot of power at the top. I mean, you look at some of these teams, um, you know, the number one team in the country is Kansas right now. I think Bill Self would agree. They're not an overpowering Kansas team. Uh, they're good, but you put them against an East Tennessee State who, oh, by the way, beat LSU at LSU earlier this year. And I don't know if East Tennessee State wins more than one out of ten, but I think they play with them pretty much every single night. Of course, one of the iron, not ironies, one of the, the flip sides of this is that in a year where there is such uh, uncertainty, and, and, and uh, if I do use the P word, but, you know, uh, the uh, fact is that this means that uh, the mitigating argument against these the little guys getting the two or, or multiple bids is that the Big Ten's going to be looking for eleven bids, yeah. you know, yeah. as the East once did, and and uh, because they have we have so many teams, so we got so many of them are in the mix that are are, are, are the equality factor. Uh, they're going to be saying we should be in, and uh, so you know, and, and and they'll probably get the you know the, the benefit of the doubt far more than a, a and God forbid that if a, 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 a we get a, an upset of the leading team in the in, in these league. And if East Tennessee State gets beat, you know what's going to happen then. Give me, give me East Tennessee State's most famous alum. I should know. Damn, I, I I only know it because he beat my alma mater in the NCAA tournament. I mean, that, that's one I, of the reasons. Keith, Keith Mister Jennings. Oh, when Mr. Jennings, right? Absolutely. Well, you know, I've actually been there. It's one of my favorite stories. We'll really? tell time how I got there. In, in a snow in a blinding snowstorm over a mountain, but but I did. I actually been there, and, I, and then I settled down and saw a triple overtime game. It was East Tennessee and and uh, Furman back in 1985. But that's a wow. that yet an, yet another story for yet another day. Who, who's your favorite your favorite uh, Cinderella story in the NCAA oh. tournament? Is who? Uh, let's see. That's a good question. Uh, there was there were several of them. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, of course, the Loyola, the Loyola one a couple of years ago yep. with the sister with the sister. Uh, it was pretty yep. damn good. Yep. That was pretty, pretty good. That one was pretty good. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think. Because uh, uh, the Florida Gulf Coast a couple of years ago was it was a fun one. Got any and fill the job right. Uh, yep. what, sure I'm trying to think. I'm, I know I'm going to forget something very obvious. I'm, I'm trying to go backwards. Well, I mean, like C.J. McCollum beating beating Duke from from oh, Lehigh was a big oh, 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 one recently. I've got it. I've got it because Go of ahead. my personal friendship. Vermont beating Syracuse. Yeah. And and at the same night and like and then 30 minutes later, Bucknell beats Kansas. And I said, That's what a right. night that was, right? But so for the Bucknell people, they got that. But uh, with Vermont beating and TJ Sarantan hitting the big jumper and 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 uh, and so forth. Oh, absolutely, that would be mine because Tom Brennan's a friend of mine, and 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 that was just the pinnacle. He, uh, you know, he was retiring, and uh, and that 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 sent sent him off very nicely. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't argue with that one. I was at that game too in uh, in Worcester, and it was uh, incredible. I saw T.J. Sorrentine and Taylor Coppermouth have their numbers retired uh, yeah. before this season began. And, and this Vermont team, um, they got a chance. They're they're not as good as I think what John Becker thought going into the season, but they 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 do. Well, three losses at home are stunning yep. in, that, in that league that they they got. So you know they're vulnerable, but you still have to make them the favorite. I would think the logic yes. is favorite. clear favorite. Clear favorite. I, I got one more off the NBA topic be- before we go in on, on the return of Steph Curry and the Spike Lee New York Knicks uh, debacle. Um, and that is uh, Tom Brady. Everywhere I turn right now, 
they're talking about Tom Brady to this team, to that team, to this team. It is running uh, the worldwide leader right now and, and everywhere else around Boston, obviously. I, I understand it in Boston. I do, obviously, you know, what he's done here. Uh, but I don't know if I understand it everywhere else because whether he goes to uh, the Raiders or I don't even know who else they're speculating. I've well, become I, I tell you. immune to it. Who, who else are they? Tampa well, Bay? Yeah, that's a, on, on the rail. The two yeah. primary ones are, are uh, Tennessee and, and Indianapolis. Okay. Indianapolis really makes very interesting uh, technical sense putting him in the midst of what they've got to work with. Uh, Tennessee, you've got the Vrabel factor on top of putting him in the midst of what they've got to work with. You know, it's all about weaponry. You know, Tom, was, is, we were, we're going to try to get inside his head. He's looking for the best chance for him to have a successful 2020 season and the best chance to get back to another Super Bowl. And does it lie in New England or does it lie elsewhere? Yeah. And it would be pretty hard to argue that it lies in New England based on, 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 on uh, what they've got to, at his disposal right now. Short of time to make some moves and they could pick up some wide receivers and they could even find a real legitimate tight end. But the fact is they don't have it on their roster right now. And there are teams that do have those things. Bob, he's 30, I mean, he's 42 years old. Like, like, do these teams really think they're going to win a Super Bowl? At some point, Tom Brady, he already started to fall off dramatically, in my opinion, last year. I know he didn't have the weapons, all that. But but they're going crazy over, if it was 32-year-old Tom Brady or even 35 or maybe even 37-year-old Tom Brady, I get it. But soon-to-be 43-year-old Tom Brady, what are we doing here? He he didn't fall off dramatically. I think he's falling off marginally, as you might expect. That that uh, uh, he's still a top fifteen quarterback. I think with the right weaponry. See, I don't think you have to be the. You can win a Super Bowl with with good sufficient quarterback play. Yeah, and 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 you you can't win without at least that level. Uh, you're right. They're not going to get, and they have to know. I mean, if God knows if we know it, and every fan that watched the Patriots all year should know what the, what he is and what he isn't at this point. Yes, he didn't have the weaponry. Yes, he could have benefited from better everything. But he, there were far too many mis- bad throws. There were far too many bad plays, in, in my opinion, uh, um, that uh, it overshadowed uh, everything. So anyway. Um, People, there's a mythology. Is it possible that the NBA, the NFL people, as smart as some of them are, they're still buying into the mythology that think there's some magic wrinkle dust he's going to bring some magic <laughs> Super Bowl dust, you know, to, to, to put them over the top? You know, I, I find it not amusing, but interesting, fascinating. You know, I can see his point of view. If he still wants to play, you know, he threw out that 45 thing a few years ago. He's two years away from it now, and he's and he'll be playing next season at 43. You're right; he's going to be 43 in August. Um, uh, it's uh, apparently he he really is serious about it, and and uh, got to find somebody that will take him in. Um, so oh, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy, Bob. But I, I think this is completely overdone, as as much as in the NFL. But I, I think this one is just out of control. I understand again if you're a Patriots fan, wanting Tom Brady to finish his career in New England. At whatever cost, even if they're you know ten and six next year, whatever it is, or ten and seven, I guess they're going to seventeen games, maybe, uh, whatever it is. Uh, but for the teams that are on the other side of it, that are going to pay him a ton of money, I just I think there's going to be a big drop off at some point, and uh, especially with him with a new organization. Um, anyway, all right, let, let's go to another guy. Let's go, Steph. Yeah. Another older uh, guy in the NBA at 31 years old, not 43, soon to be 43. Uh, Steph Curry's coming back, Bob. And um, you flip-flopped on this, I think, a little bit. I think at first, when we talked about this topic, you said, hey, 
I want to see Steph back. And then last time we talked, you said, you know what? Probably better if they, they sit him for the rest of the year at this point. Well, they're 62 games in. Uh, they're, they're 14 and 48. They have the worst record in the NBA at this point. And they're bringing back Steph Curry from a broken, uh, was it broken hand? Broken hand, yeah. which kept him out all year. Why? 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 Like, I, I don't understand it from a sense of, at this point, make sure you have one of the three worst records in the NBA, and then you're going to have uh, the best percentage, at least at, at 14%, to try to land that number one pick. Why are you doing this with Steph? It, it can I've only re- hurt you now. I've reflipped. Okay. I've reflipped. Flip it um, again. All right. The, uh, no, Bob, just, Bob the Bob the flip flopper Ryan. There it is. Yeah, and this I sure if I flipped that, <laughs> so be it. Um, here's where I am on the on, on this particular date and day in history. Uh, first of all, as far as the uh, draft is concerned, uh, I don't have to tell you that it's not it's a subpar year. Yes. It's a down year. Uh, so no one knows who number one is, whether it's going to be uh, Lomelo or R.J. Hampton or, or even James Wiseman or even a European. Anthony Edwards. Know. Anthony and- Edwards is probably the front runner right now, the kid out of Georgia, yeah, yeah. Who, whose who's numbers, Bob, if you look him up, he's shooting about 40% from the field and about 30% from three, and he might be the number one overall pick. They could be the oh, worst numbers so in the history. There's no great no. prize. Unless, That's right. unless it's Wiseman in the in final analysis, you know, and it, as the old-fashioned big man, you know that uh, you know kind of thing. Okay, fine, but it's not a big deal. And now they do have a handy four-game lead in the AILC, the All Important Loss column. Uh, that that's all that matters. A-A-I-L-C. They've got four-game lead right now, and they're in good shape for that. Okay. Yep. Now I've learned. We've heard what we've heard. We've heard in the last week the revelation from uh, Steph Curry himself that there may be a new normal with regard to his physical condition in his left hand, with regard to nerve situation all right uh that this he's got the he's got a doesn't have a full proper feel and sensation that he should have in his left hand thank god not his right hand but his left hand is important to him as it is to any great player because and the ball handling thing which separates him which enables him to be the greatest shooter of all time in my judgment it's the fact that he can get that shot off at will at distances that have ungodly distances as opposed to the great catch and shoot guys that we've seen in three including the guy he plays next to him in the backcourt who you know, Clay Thompson, who's the ultimate in the catch and shoot, who once went through a game, scored sixty points with like eleven dribbles, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Steph is Steph gives you eleven eleven crossover dribbles and one five second, you know, bippity bop, you know. And, uh, so anyway, so if it's not a matter of possibility of inflicting further damage, I'm, I'm going to put on my medical hat here with a medical with with, with yeah. a thing. He might as well learn how to play with it. This is a perfect 20-game rehearsal, perfect 20-game exhibition, glorified exhibition yeah. for him to find out what he can do and what he can't do, and they don't know where to go from here. So that alone, if, if he's talking about this is his new normal, well, let's get to it. Let's find out what he, we can accomplish with his new normal. Well, the, the only thing I'll say to that is if I'm Golden State and Bob Myers, I understand there's not a clear-cut number one, but to me there's a clear-cut number one for that team and what they need. They've got Steph. They've got Clay. They've got Andrew Wiggins. They've got Draymond Green. The one thing they need is a guy who can protect the rim, uh, who can run the court, who's six eleven, seven yeah. feet, yes. who can run, who can run and and just do some of the dirty work. And you don't have to run plays for him. He's not a great offensive player, but he can do enough. And, and that is Memphis's James Wiseman, or former Memphis's oh, James Wiseman. He played three games this year. 
before basically bailing out following an NCAA uh, suspension. So if if I'm Bob Myers, I'm doing everything in my power. Um, and I would have waited another, okay, you want to do it? Do it with 10 games left. When you know you're locked in 100% to one of those three spots. Because right now, yeah, you could catch you know Cleveland. Uh, you could catch Atlanta or the Knicks in Minnesota. You could end up with a fourth worst record, which again, takes your percentage down from 14% to 12.5. Doesn't sound like a lot, but to me, I'm planning for rings. I'm planning for NBA titles. Mm-hmm. And you're not winning an NBA title by playing him uh, 20 games this year, but you could lose out on James Wiseman, who helps you, in my opinion, win an NBA title. All right, I'll listen to you because I, I, I had like I never got to see James Wiseman, so you know that was a great regret for a lot of us that didn't see him. I've, he's he's a great. Well, listen, wait, 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 wait. It's not your fault. He played three games. Two of them were against like Grambling State and another garbage. He played yeah. one game of any significance against Oregon. That was it. That was and your I, only chance, Bob. As you know, I had to, I, I did attend a Memphis at UConn, you know, on yes. February twenty sixth with without James Wiseman. That would have been fun. Anyway, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening to you. Okay, so I'm. Hey, I may have to, you know, flip again. Flip Are you going to flip again? I mean, I, I'm I'm not officially, but I'm <laughs> I'm taking it what you just said in this consideration, strong consideration. I would have waited ten more games. But that's I what I would have done. I would have evaluated in ten more games. When it was basically a done deal, and I was still, you know, five games with ten left, I, I was five out. And, and again, they could sit them. They could, they could do. You know, we're not playing them in back to backs. If it gets close, they control their own destiny. Now that's the beauty of this thing. Uh, but I would have waited a little bit longer just to ensure that they're going to get one of those three worst records that gives them fourteen percent, rather than dropping down. I mean, they're not going to finish with a six-worst record, but it goes from 14% to mm-hmm. 9% with the new uh, NBA draft lottery system. Now, all right, so looking at uh, at Golden State, though, are, are they going to be a major player next year when Steph comes back, Clay comes back, you got Draymond, and now you added Andrew Wiggins in, in place of D'Angelo Russell? Can this be a team that, that we're looking at that, that fights the Lakers, the Clippers, and whoever comes out of the East? It's not inconceivable. It's not inconceivable. They're, they're not that old. I mean, they're, they're, they're seasoned, that's for sure. And we're talking about three over 30s that are crucial because Draymond just turned 30 himself. And, and you got he and Clay and, and Steph. But now it's not inconceivable. They're remembering who they are. I mean, you know, I'm, I've already said it casually, and I mean it sincerely. He's the greatest shooter who's ever lived. I've, I've put him number one. And the other guy is, is, is the, may as, be as good a of, of, you know, catch and shoot you know, right up there with Ray Allen and a few others, Reggie Miller, you know, that, we, that we've seen. Um, yes, they could be. I mean, it's not like it's not like the, the league that we've got any dominant super team right now. I know Milwaukee has a record that suggests they may be that, but we'll uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still, You're still skeptical. I'm still I, I know I, I don't yeah. want to be disrespectful. I, I am too. Believe it. I just can't believe that they're this dominant. Uh, you know, with the people I'm looking at, who, who they're doing it with, but yeah, the record's clear. But anyway, I, I answer your question. Why not? That's all. That's my answer. Yeah, they could be right there. Yeah, I mean, listen. Again, it depends on health as much as anything. Does Steph return to Steph? Does Clay yeah. come back and, and be Clay? Right. If they're themselves as we knew them, yes. But that's yeah. Another. I mean, listen. 
Wiggins will be really good as your number three guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and Draymond yes. is your number four so, offensive player, obviously your best I defender. Oh, I applauded that move at the time. You know, the, you know, it the, fits. The scenery, yeah, fit everything. Yeah, yeah. Like I actually think Wiggins succeeds there because the pressure isn't on him. You know, he doesn't have to do too much if he if he has a twelve point night. Nobody's looking at him and saying, "Oh," because they're going to win a lot of games too. Where Minnesota, it was, well, look at him. They stink. They gave him all that money. He can't be your <laughs> one or two guy. Well, in, in Golden State, as long as Steph and Clay return to, to be Steph and Clay. He doesn't have to be your one or two. He's clearly your three. And, oh, by the way, uh, nobody's really paying a ton of attention to him as your number three guy like they were in Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns. It was You knew who who was getting the majority of the shots. So I actually think Wiggins is um, set up much, much better in, in Golden State to succeed than he was in, in uh, Minnesota. Let me – I want to go off track a little bit. Mm-hmm. So – New Orleans right now, they're 9-9 nine and nine with Zion in the lineup. He's been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. I, I think what's lost in New Orleans a little bit, and maybe they're talking about it, but I just haven't heard a ton of it, um, is, is Zion and Lonzo ball together oh, and, I mean, and yeah. how good they are. And Lonzo's had a good year. You know what he's shooting from three? Uh, more than people think. I'm, I'm, go ahead. Is it, I think it's 38%. 38, hey, good guess. I said 38. It's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. If Lonzo can do that. I've said, Bob, and, and people probably think I'm crazy, but I've said I think Lonzo Ball is the best passer um, in the NBA. The mm-hmm. best passer because – and LeBron, I guess, could be right there with him. But I don't see anybody else that, that advances the ball like he does. And I think Zion is going to be the beneficiary of that for as long as they play together. I think it's it, it's going to help Zion already has. And, and I think Zion's going to help Lonzo – uh, because again, you're talking about a guy who, if you run everything through him, he's going to average ten assists a game next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, so happy, so great that he got out of L.A. Guess just, just get out of the aura of yeah. the the great blimp hovering, hovering over everything, you know, like the Woody Allen movie with the mother up there with Lavar. Get, get, just get away. Yes. You know, we don't, we haven't heard a peep out of him. It's so nice. You we know, will. You know we will coming up to the draft with Lamelo. Because he got the Lamelo. Yes. All right. So we, we've been in, we've been in a blissful LeVar-free stat, status for the whole basketball I, I might. Am I okay to start tweeting to any, anybody who interviews LeVar and just say, hey, just a word to the wise. I did this. I screwed up. Don't make the mistake. Same mistake yes. I did. Oh, you have an obligation to, to, to your brethren, your, the, the, those right? who come after you. Yes, I think you're in a unique position to do just that. I think so I've got I, it. I, I, I endorse that the theory, yes, very much. But uh, I hadn't thought about it in terms of uh, at all. Uh, uh, and I think now I'm listening, I'm thinking about it. Oh, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense that a kid with that kind of passing capability will enhance uh, Zion. Uh, oh, no, it's uh, – Oh yeah, it's good. Oh, the, the future is just so exciting for them. Uh, and you know, I'm speaking on behalf of all neutrals. Uh, uh, you know, we are, are, we're all Pelican fans, hoping they can find a way to get into that eighth slot. No offense to anybody else, but uh, the Grizzlies or anybody else. But yes. damn it, you know, let's let's see more of Zion. Let's see more of them. And of course, the first, if they do get into that eighth spot, they're playing against the Lakers. But uh, that'll be fun. Um, no, it's 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 an extra ju- juice in this NBA season at a right point point in time, you know, starting with the all-star game itself, you know, uh, that was fun for a change and, and the, the fallout from that and now having Zion back. And now if we get, you know, what if Steph comes back and, and if suddenly, you know, we got reason to see Steph highlights, uh, you know, that every night, that's a good thing for the NBA. 
I always love, I mean, these next couple months are great because, again, you go through March and it's NCAA tournament, and then you, I get home and uh, I come back and there's like a week left in the regular season. I'm actually going to, I fly back on Tuesday after the, the, the Final Four, the championship game, and then I think the Celtics play the Pacers the next night. So I already told my daughter I'd take her to that game, um, although it's a school night, so I don't know how we'll do it, but I, maybe I'll. I won't have seen her a whole lot, so uh, for for a stretch there. So I'll probably give her the as long as her grades are good. Yeah. Uh, take her to that game. And two of my favorite players on on the Pacers right now are uh, Doug McDermott and T.J. McConnell. So I'll go over and see those guys. And uh, but but yeah, it's crazy how you know you you're in March now, a month of of, of madness, and then you basically get to the NBA playoffs. And um, I, I just think there's so many questions with both sports right now. I mean, again, it's so wide open in college for the for the NCAA tournament, and and with the NBA, obviously not as wide open. Uh, but I think you've got four or five teams of which now I think the Celtics have put themselves in the equation a little bit. As long as Jason Tatum keeps playing like uh, I don't even know who he's. I mean, he's like Bernard King. Well, he got he got the player of the month, which he deserved, and he's got another thirty-two coming off of yet another thirty-two point game, thirty-point game last night against the Cavaliers, which they needed uh, as they're they're really getting hit with the injury thing. Yeah. Uh, Jason Brown, Jalen Brown is out uh, for Kemba. a while. Uh, Smart's uh, precarious; he's playing, but uh, and and Kemba is not back yet. And anyway, Jason, we talked about uh, Jason Tatum at length last time, and uh, there's nothing new to he's. he's just living up to everything that that Celtics hoped he would be, that's for sure. But they're uh, they they lost a very annoying, uh, incredibly awful loss to the Nets uh, with stupid play that you wouldn't uh, countenance from a high school yeah. team. So blowing a five point lead with seven seconds to go, uh, and then I don't care what uh, I know. Marcus Smart may very well not have fouled uh, <laughs> fouled Levert, but uh, three three of them around him, uh, and and you know. It's unforgivable. You can't. I just I fouling the three point shooter in those circumstances is just ludicrous. It's just you know, unforgivable for NBA level. So anyway, anyway. All right. Let, let, let's finish with uh, the train wreck that continues to be the New York Knickerbockers. And uh, the latest instances are uh, Spike Lee was was not allowed in uh, MSG after he reportedly went in the wrong entrance, which was the employee's entrance, and I guess they've been telling him not to come in the employee's entrance for a while, to come in instead the VIP entrance. But Spike just decides to go in wherever the hell he wants, which, you know what? Listen, the bottom line to that is there aren't many people that want to go to Knicks uh, games. If Spike Lee wants to go to Knicks games, I'd let him in wherever the hell you, wherever he wants to get in. All right, Spike, come in. And you know what? Bring everybody else in. Because anybody who pays to watch that franchise right now, should get their money back. They've been that bad for so long. So to me, there should be something in there where uh, anybody can get in for free these days. They should offer that uh, to Knicks fans. But, you know, this is the James Dolan fiasco again. Then last night, they're escorting fans out, Bob, because of anti-Dolan chants. And and they love to do that as well. I mean, Dolan is the most thin-skinned owner um, probably in any sport we've seen in a long time. Well, that I didn't hear about this uh, from last night. But yeah. th- there's precedent for it, and I, I'm not surprised. Uh, he he is the ultimate tone deaf uh, person, and in, in, in this regard, it's almost as if there's a manual that he follows about how he can more alienate more people and and, and bring more uh, harm to his own franchise. It's just truly amazing. 
Uh, and as far as the spike thing is concerned, uh, or a problem with Spike's exhibitionism, you know, and all that. and uh, It's too much. Making himself a part of the game, yep. you know, and getting on the court and so high five. And, uh, you know, all the stuff he's done. But, yeah. But, he, but at the base of it all, he cares. He really is a huge, incredible, passionate basketball fan and Knicks basketball fan. He's invested millions, plural, apparently, of dollars over the 28 years or so uh, with the exorbitant ticket prices. And he pays every cent himself. Uh, there's no freebie there. Uh, and there's a he said, she said aspect of this. Ty, uh, he swears that he was given no such notice that he walked in. It was cold, uh, you know, stone cold, stone cold that the other night when uh, he came in and they told him you no longer can come in the employee answers. You know, it's not the biggest. This is in the world we're living in. This is on the, on the list of, of crises and important matters. It's not the highest on the list at all. But it, what it is, is it's just symptomatic of, of, of the Jim Dolan uh, organization. And how uh, interesting that it happens on the day that his newly appointed president CEO takes power, Leon Rose. And right away, there's a PR stink, you know, because all this is part of his you know, purview is player relations, uh, customer relations. When you're when you have that title that he had now been given, you know this is this is all under your your purview. And then you're finding out if you needed to have any graphic reminder of who your boss is, how he operates, and what you're going to be dealing with in, in terms of trying to put out brush fires with p the public, you got one on the very first day, Leon. Good luck to you. You know, I, I still wonder, Bob. I know John Calipari came out publicly and said, "Hey, I'm not interested in the next job," but. I still wonder whether they'll make a run at him because I I don't know how else you get the Knicks back unless you get big-time free agents. And I don't even care, like, who the coach is. Like, if, if you could get big-time free agents, I would hire you, Bob, to be able to run the Knicks. Because, again, it's going to be better than the mediocrity that they have right now. You could have the best coach in the world. But if you don't have players, it doesn't matter. So, to me, how do you get players? Well, they hire Leon Rose. I don't know if he's going to be able to get get them, but again, he gives him that hook as a former player agent who's got relationships with the Carl Anthony Townses, with the Devin Bookers, with a lot of other players around the league that he either had uh, recently or, or had at some point in their careers. And then if you hire a guy like Cal Perry, who might have some relationships too with some, some former players, Kentucky players, or guys he recruited that he didn't get um, in college at Kentucky, I don't know. I think that's probably your best way to try to get the Knicks back. I, I don't, I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, right, you're right. I, I, it amazes me if you go back to the pre-Dolan era. Uh, if you had told us then that there would come a time when attracting that there'd be a, a rampant, you know, a free agency would be the the currency, and that the Knicks would not be the number one prime destination. Uh, you know, it, it's it's unimaginable. I, I I would have thought in those days the Knicks will never be bad. Just right. like I always thought the Lakers would never be bad. And I imagine missed the playoffs six years in a row. Uh, you know, but um, but the Knicks, the Dolan thing, the record is truly as much. This is one of the safest statements you can make about sports in our time right now. The Knicks record truly speaks for itself, and it's all attributable to the owner, and 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 who is digs in almost daily on he's not selling, you know he he loves what's he what is he getting out of this? He, he, does he not get any? Yeah, I not, don't know. People tone you, deaf, like you said, will never meet him like myself. I, you know, completely regard him as an ass. Yep, to say the very least, an incompetent fool who maybe he knows something about music you know maybe you know he's got that i right, give him that i'm not gonna i've never heard of that group uh, maybe he can really strum that guitar. 
You know, maybe he knows every rock and roll song in the last 50 years. God love him if he does. That's fine. But in terms of running a basketball team? No I'm, clue. No. Not a clue. Not a clue. Bad. You are the only guy, the only person who keeps you from winning the prize was Donald T. Sterling. And the, that, that record. <laughs> nobody's catching that record. Rest of this century, I don't think that there'll be a sports team in any of our four and I'll count five in MLS major leagues that will have a run as abysmal as the, what the Clippers had. Go look it up how bad they were for how long. And, and, uh, but the Knicks now with Dolan, they won the prize for the last, they got the prize now for the last 15 years. Let, let's finish on a, on a kind of a serious topic and something that uh, may affect the NCAA tournament. And who knows, maybe the final four down in Atlanta. We don't know right now with the coronavirus. And do, do you see a scenario, Bob, with the way this thing is, is moving? And we had um, NCAA, a couple of, of college basketball teams, Chicago State, uh, and UMKC canceled their games at Seattle because there's been uh, multiple deaths uh, related to the coronavirus uh, in the Seattle area. So do you see a scenario where this thing is moving quickly, where the Final Four, where some NCAA tournament games uh, are either not played or played in a different uh, venue or not played with fans? I mean, it's hard to tell right now, but it's not it's not crazy to imagine those things, is it? Now, we know that this first round's in Spokane. Now, Spokane is not Seattle. It's the other end of the state. I understand that. I don't know how much we want to, you know, panic about Seattle, Spokane versus we know what's going on in Seattle. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the hot spot in America of all places right now with, for the, the coronavirus, uh, as far as we know. You know. But if they do choose to uh, relocate, there is a possibility logistically, but I don't know what's going on there or whether it's too late, you know, tickets or everything else. But Boise, Idaho... The, the Extra Mile Arena, which is now in its third or fourth name, but fact of the matter, they've had eight tournaments held in Boise over the years. Boise, it, it, it seats 12,000. Uh, that, that, if you're going ge- geographically, yeah. that might be logical. I would think that it's not, nothing's off the table, including playing in empty arenas as they're, as they're playing in empty stadia in Italy now for the rest of the foreseeable future and, 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 and the only league that matters over there, frankly, in, in Syria. And so... Uh, everything's off the table. We don't know. And then, yeah. you know, I have to say, I'm not going to, I, Bob, don't do this, but I'm going to do it. When the POTUS is out there telling people it's really not so bad as he did and telling oh, people, it's okay. What is he doing? It's okay to go to work if he, because it's really not that bad. Guys, people have it. Don't even go to the doctor because it's, it's, it's really not that important. And I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he said uh, on to Sean Hannity last night. Uh, you know, so there's two kinds of people in the world, right? The people that listen to everything he says and do what he says, and two kinds of people that would do nothing that he says. You know, so I don't know how many what the what the relation, you know, the proportion is there. So anyway, anyway, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to protect myself. That's all. I'll say is is I got to go to Big East tournament next week in New York, and you know, I'm not like super nervous about it, but but certainly it's something that you're aware, and uh, and you're going to listen to what the experts uh, tell you. Uh, to do. And, and if that is, you know, you start to feel, uh, you don't start to feel well. I think most people right now are going to get the hell of the doctor as soon as humanly possible, just to make sure, because yeah, this isn't the flu from what I've been told. This is, is obviously more serious and I don't blame, you know, UMKC for not going to Seattle. I, you know, I feel bad for the Seattle kids. That was senior night for them. They're not going to be able to play their senior night. But um, if I'm the head coach, if I'm the athletic director, if I'm the school president of UMKC, they go out there and they come back with a coronavirus, um, that's on you. That's on you. And, and the risk 
just isn't worth the reward. I haven't heard anything, by the way, you mentioned Seattle. From We've got two major sports fran- franchises uh, right now uh, with games coming up, the Mariners and the Sound. You know, and, and believe me, soccer, yeah. if there's, there's this hotbed of American soccer, it's that Pacific Northwest with, with Seattle and Portland, you know, uh, and, and they've, they've been the mainstay, uh, a bulwark of the, of the MLS. So I don't know, haven't heard anything out of them about what they're, you know, what contingencies they're planning or what they're thinking about in terms of what, you know, what's going to happen. But keep your eye on that because no one's mentioned the San- I haven't seen it mentioned, of, of, uh, you know, about their ramifications in Seattle with regard to those two teams and, 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 and games. Well, ne- next week, Bob, we'll do the we'll, let's do the pod on probably Wednesday. I'm I'm headed out this weekend. I got a great great game this weekend. I love I love senior days, senior nights, uh, probably okay. as much as anybody. Okay. I got Cassius Winston's final home game at Michigan State with everything he's been through uh, this season. Uh, should be very 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 emotional. Probably as an emotional senior night um, as there's been a long time. I was at Marcus Howard's last week. And then I'll be home for a couple days. Well, no, a day. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we'll record the podcast one of those two days, whatever fits uh, Bob's schedule. And we will see you next week on the Ryan and Goodman podcast. I highlight coming up is uh, Saturday morning, 1145 at Taunton, Massachusetts. At uh, the Hingham High Girls take on Foxborough. And, uh, you know, going for the South 2 championship, Section 2. That's where I'll be. All right, well, listen, have fun, and uh, we will see you next week. Take care.